Inshallah, brothers. This is not CNN. I thoroughly enjoy the memory, the M-E-M-R-I TV memes. You know, you have these, you have these Muslim imams uh, preaching on, on TV and, and whoever the guy is who runs that meme page is just phenomenal. But he will, and I don't even think it's a joke. Like it might even be like full on unironic. <laughs> might be some muzzy just like, just crushing. But they'll take these Muslim chaps and they'll put a, the captions in English, you know. And so today's one that I shared was, jihad is the only option <laughs> or the only solution. And it's just like, man, this is so great. I'll just, I'll just page through memory memes, you know, and it's like, the woman must be beaten for her feminism. And like, it's like, these guys are based. So great. The man without a beard should be beaten. You know, anyway, all of these things. But it just got me thinking, you know, as Christians, uh, we, we are taught a lot as young kids in Sunday school to uh, venerate David and Goliath, the war, the soldier, the armor of God, train as a soldier is what Paul says, you know, the discipline of the soldier. Militarism is the key to young boys' hearts. You know, I grew up on, on British military history, and I think, I think as white boys, we have this uh, peculiar fascination uh, with World War II uh, because it destroyed our civilization. I, we don't know it because we're memed into thinking it was this holy war. Uh, meanwhile, it was the destruction of our civilization, of our tribe. And so we have this fa weird fascination with it. And I think like the deeper, you know, at first you get into it, you're told in school that it's all about, you know, how evil the Nazis were and we were the guys on the right side of history and uh, the war ended and it was all about Poland and then, the, and then the Jews and then the war ended and everyone was happy again. And, you know, a lot of guys, you know, you'll get to like 20 something years old and you'll be like, wait a minute, wait a tick, you know, and you'll start really going into the deep history, the deep incongruencies that they've taught you, you know, like, Oh, the war was over Poland. Well, at the end of the war, Poland was now invaded by Russia and no one cared. It was never about Poland. So then you start digging into central banking, you know, okay, well then it's like, well, then it was about the Jews. And it's like, okay, what were the Jews doing that, uh, that the Austrian artist was so angry about? Well, no, 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 we, we, you know, we can never read his book. We can never find out the, the true stuff, you know, in all our, you know, on average, the average white boy will go through about what you start reading about, you know, you start having war comics and stuff at like six years old, probably. So you'll probably have like 16 years worth of in-depth World War II mythology, history, sources, entertainment, movies, games, literature, that you'll just geek out on. And in all those 16 years, uh, the Austrian artist is not a book that you'll ever, you'll ever read. You know, it's hilarious. Like the reason for the war, you know, uh, if there's a secular Satan, it's, it's Hitler. And, and so no one will go and find out like, well, what, why, why exactly? Dane brother. As these bloody, uh, these bloody Australian, you are an Australian, is that right? What, what are the, what are the pejoratives for Australian? Bloody, bloody bogan. It's the only thing I know, but that's what you guys call each other, I suppose. So, 
anyway, welcome brother. It's good to have you on. So, you know, it just goes to thinking, you know, this, this whole thing for us, we, we are fascinated by war. We are captivated by war and, uh, we, we then go and live our life. You know, we, we, we graduate from high school and university or trade or whatever you did after school, you know, you go get your first job and, and now you're in career, you know, you're like, okay, now I leave all that militarism behind me and now I just make money and consume product and consume entertainment. And this kind of, this kind of warrior life that we have so long just lived, meditated on, you know, for 16 years of our life, let's say 15 years of our life. Just kind of takes a back seat and it's like, oh, that was all just children's stories. That was all just mythology. That was all just Sunday school. That was all just Hollywood war movies. And we get into this place of, of just plodding along to what I read a book on this journalist. I think it was I think it was Bryson. He he drove around flyover country uh back in the 80s and just wrote about how boring it was and whatnot in a fantastically hilarious way but he 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 coined a term that has stuck with me like burned into my memory modern commercial squalor and he was talking about how every little town you go to is just a carbon copy of modern commercial squalor you know just gas stations fast food walmart parking lots uh prefabricated buildings um, vinyl sided buildings, metal. And so that's our physical environment, modern commercial squalor, but our spiritual environment is modern commercial squalor. You know, we, 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 we lose our militarism. We lose our barbarism. We lose our adventure and danger and mission, you know, the Holy war. You know, I think the reason we loved world war two so much is because we were memed into thinking it was this Holy war that me going and fighting, you know, thinking about if I could have fought in that time, I would have been a, a jihadi. I would have been a crusader because I was, I was fighting for the good of the empire. I was fighting against an evil so abhorrent as to make lampshades out of skin. And, uh, and we lose that and we just sink into modern commercial squalor life. And the entertainment kind of, uh, disconnects us from life. You know, we don't have any connection to product production uh, as far as our food production or, you know, building our own house or, you know, a lot of the guys who go into trades and into, into agriculture or, or gardening or whatever. It's a, it's a start to realize, like, I think that's, those guys are ahead of the game because they realize that clown world is fake, you know, because they're doing stuff with their hands. Dane sports teams were like this before they were converged by guys and women. Yeah. You know, exactly that. It's, Okay, so we'll get into this, the all-male space. I'm writing this down. Thank you. So, you know, you look at guys who do trades. You look at guys who garden, who, who actually create stuff out of the earth. You look at guys who, who are intricately involved with the nature of people. You know, so guys who are maybe in trades where they, you know, sales. Guys who are in sales understand uh, people. They understand the nature uh, of people. And so when clown world comes along and says, you know, oh, equality and just, you know, consume and detach uh, and live in an apartment and drink your Soylent, 
all these these guys who are closer to life, who are more connected to life, are like, wait a minute, like something's not something's not adding up here. You know, you guys are lying to me. And there's a spark in, in each of us that is this thing, this longing back for for a a holy war, a mission, a purpose, a a sense of sacrifice for something bigger than yourself. Um, and for all of that to be approved by God, you know, I think that's where you look at the Muzzies and they absolutely just crush because the guys don't have problems with condemnation. The guys don't have problems with punishment. They know if you go and do stuff for the prophet, then you're blessed, you know, whereas for us, we're like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just a sinner brother. <laughs> you know, and we're so, we're so demoralized before we even get out the boat. You know, we're dead before we even hit the beach because we're not willing to fight because who am I to fight? Who am I to do anything for the Lord? I'm just a wretch. I'm just a sinner. I'm just an orphan. And it's like, yeah, pick up a gun, storm the beach. Like we don't care. We just need bodies. You know, and I think we're at that place where it's like the Lord is trying to tell us of like, dude, your righteousness, I, I am your righteousness this whole condemnation thing of disqualifying yourself from the fight. So many Christian boys need to just understand. It's like, man, God loves you. You are not, you're not disqualified from crushing in your domain because of how you think you should better please the Lord or whatever. It's like, man, God loves you. Relax, relax brothers. And it's like, you know, it's from that place that you're like, okay, wait, Jesus loves me. I'll go to bed for you, Jesus. You know, and it's this thing of, of, it's like, okay, Lord, I understand that, that you love me. I understand that, you know, that's where fear of the Lord comes in now. You know, you, you don't fear approval, missing out on approval. You don't fear death. You don't fear being canceled. Cause this, this is the biggest fear, right? It's primarily economic ego death. A lot of us can withstand. A lot of guys are very, are very courageous when it comes to a physical fight or, you know, actively being a police officer or a soldier or, uh, you know, enforcing boundaries physically. Like a lot of guys don't mind that. And, and the adrenaline kicks in and you're like, okay, this is a moment. We can, we can, we can do this. I'm, I'm happy to do this. But when it comes to, to ego death, to being canceled, to being uh, rejected by polite society, not many men can withstand this. Not many men can put a smile on their face and not fold. And so that's what I really wanted to, to speak to today is when we understand that we are in a holy war, you know, Christ is our warrior king, and he has called us to bring dominion uh, to the whole earth, to disciple the nations, to steward creation. Uh, and we have an enemy, the prince of the air, who uh, this enemy in high places, who happens to influence real people, who happens to encourage real people's sin natures. And so we have a very real mission, you know, which is dominion over the earth, which is to go crash in your domain to be an image of Christ in your life and your passions and your talents, you know, to unbury that little talent and go give it. And to understand that we have challenge, we have opposition, we have clowns that freak out uh, when, when the sons of God are revealed. And so this is where things get really fun is with a holy war comes a happy man. You know, the men who I, I'm reading this book on, on, uh, medieval Britain with all the different Kings from, you know, from about 1000 all the way through to the 1500s. 
man, they had a fixation with going on crusades, man. Like crap could have been going down in Scotland. Crap could have been going down in Wales. Crap could have been going down in France. But the moment some Pope somewhere was like, right, Holy Land, crusade, fatwa, jihad, dudes were like, let's go. And they loved it. And it's like, you know, we look at this from our modern frame and you're like, you left your, you left your businesses, you left your farm, you left your family, you left your life to go on a crusade to, you know, a place you probably wouldn't come back or you might, might not even make the year long journey to even get there. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we want to go. And the dudes were happy. Like that, that was their, that was their joy was to go on crusade, was to be on mission, was to have fatwa, was to have a joint enemy that they were going to go and, and bring some pain, you know? And, and the reason, the reason that it worked for them is because they didn't have this condemnation theology. They didn't have this uh, priestly class. Well, I mean, they, they had their very own condemnation theologies and a lot of the crusade was, you know, you can have penance and blah, 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 all this stuff. But, but as a soldier, they were not condemned for fighting the cultural war of their day. They were blessed to go and fight. So for us, our weapons of war are very different in this modern, you know, fourth generation warfare. Our, our weapons of war are primarily uh, moral, moral war, moral war, demoralization. You know, you look at, at mainstream media, it is weapons grade demoralization. You look at the school system, weapons grade demoralization. You look at, at university, you look at um, marketing, you know, corporate marketing. It's all weapons-grade psychology, weapons-grade demoralization. And by, by demoralization, I mean anti-de-moral, right? To be a moral man means to be a man of strength, right? A man of integrity, a man of this is what I say, this is what I do. That's morality, right? If there's an agreement, a, a law, or a, a, a code, morality means I, I agree to it, I do it, or I'm held to it, I am strong in that, I have integrity. So that's moral, right? It's strength, integrity, courage, confidence. You can, you can all put those synonyms there. So to demoralize means to make weak men. It means to have men that fold. It means to have men that run away from duty, run away out of fear. You know, and when one, when that's, you know, that's why they shoot deserters. In, in, you know, a lot of these war stories and things, one man runs, it's hard for the other guys not to run. So you shoot, you shoot the man who runs, you know, and it's like this whole thing of, of, you look at the, the Roman, uh, fighting machine, they would, if a, if a unit broke, then one tenth of the unit would just get executed. you like, draw, draw, uh, draw lots. One tenth of the unit is getting decimated. That's where that, that term comes from. And so guys were encouraged to not flee battles because you're like, well, I'm going to die either way. I might as well die courageously. I might as well die with honor, you know? And so you look at it in our current fourth generation warfare. You know, we aren't out there boogalooing. We aren't out there wearing hula shirts. We aren't out there uh, wearing black masks, throwing Molotov cocktails and breaking shop windows. What is our, what are the tools of our warfare, you know? And so ours is to not fault. So, so our enemy is using demoralization, right? Just crazy demoralization tactics. Our, our weapons of warfare is to go after their idols, is to go after what they find holy. You know, we have to find their holy things 
and go and take them down. Elijah with the prophets of Baal, right? He he openly challenged the prophets of Baal. Uh, he openly defied their holy things. He mocked their holy things. He mocked their God, their idol. He mocked their priests. And so that is for us a, a great tactic for us. That's a, a weapon of warfare is mockery, right? Mocking what they find holy, mocking their priests, you know, and, and you look at it with, with how a lot of guys are, are a lot of Christian guys, media, especially maybe even government. If, if there are Christian guys in government starting to say stuff, but you start mocking what the enemy is doing. And it's like, not only do they all outrage and re and come at you, the church guys are like, Oh, that's not very nice. That's not very, it's like, yeah, it's not very nice. I'm fighting a war, you know? And that's the mentality we have to come in is like, I am happy to, I am happy to be a culturally rough man, a culturally violent man, right? To do violence to the idols of clown world, to do violence to the things that are holy, the holy cows of clown world. Dane, like you, I'm an immigrant, but want the best for the country I'm now a part of. How do you reconcile your nationalism with this? How do we create community militarism when you're not native? Yeah, and that's and that's exactly, you've hit it on the head there, Dane, of we honor our hosts. We want the best for our hosts. We understand, uh, you know, so so for you being an, an Aussie, me being a, an African Anglo, we are adjacent. We're culturally adjacent to uh, the cultures that we are assimilating to or that we are um, being hosted by. And so there is no, there is no conflict in saying, Hey, love you guys. I want the best for you. I'm going to honor you and fight alongside you. And as an outsider, I can even, I can even see things that you guys cannot see because you're looking through your lenses. I'm coming in with fresh lenses. And so I want to help. I want to be of use. I want to be of service to you. And so it's very easy to be an, you know, an Anglo nationalist or an Aussie nationalist or a, a you know, whatever our, our tribal affiliation that, that we most identify with, you know, America is antagonistically anti-Anglo, anti-crown, you know, which I'm fine with. I don't, I don't mind. I think the crown is converged and uh, has folded. Let's pray for a based king. See what happens. But there's this ease of my guys aren't doing it. You know, if you look at, at Australia, you know, tons of guys, there thankfully are guys who are, are fighting the good fight and doing stuff. But, you know, if you go somewhere else, it's the same thing. The fight doesn't stop because that's what they say in South Africa. The moment a guy immigrates, they're like, oh, you're abandoning the fight. You're leaving us. You're bloody just going for greener pastures. And it's like, no, the fight continues. The fight continues regardless of where you are. Clown world doesn't stop. When you leave one border, clown world wants the whole world. These clowns are global. They've got a global game. And so just to realize that adjacent tribes can have very strong alliances because we're fighting the same enemy. We're fighting the same for the same moral victory, the same holy war. You know, we want God honoring nature. We want a God honoring society. We want family. We want wholesomeness. We want, um, we want peace, you know? And so it's like, okay, we can join together, even though I'm an outsider, because we have the same mission, we have the same enemy and me helping you win here 
is going to help my guys back home win there. And that's the, the big thing, you know, is seeing this diaspora. You know, you look at the Zionists. A, a Jew in New York is just as much involved in their holy war as a Jew actually in the IDF in their holy land. And it doesn't stop whether you're in New York, whether you're in Johannesburg, whether you're in Sydney. Uh, you understand that you're part of a diaspora that has the same holy war, the same aims, you know. And so even if you're just paying lip service to it, if you're just playing the propaganda game, if you're giving a little bit of money, if you're uh, actively involved in a in a organization that that pushes the, you know, whatever your thing is, it's just like, yeah, I understand I'm part of the tribe. I'm part of the diaspora. I'm I'm we're all fighting the same enemy and and going for the same vision, the same positive vision. And then how do we create community militarism when you're not native? Yeah, I think that's it. It's it's encouraging the local warlords, the local chieftains, you know, because I think I think a lot of guys who are local, you struggle from the way things have been is the way they'll always be. And so an outsider comes in and you it's kind of our rudeness sometimes like we don't know the, the local customs as well as everyone else. And so we're our rudeness can sometimes be a a, a blessing in disguise of like being able to broach hard topics that it would be rude for a native guy to broach. You know, it's, it's, it is the joy of having an accent. You know, it is the joy of being a, an honoring positive outsider is that people are willing to listen to you when they wouldn't listen perhaps to someone in their, in their community. And I wanted to, to go after this as well. One of the, 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 the massive weapons of cultural warfare is vision casting is, is creating a vision putting a frame, you know, and that's why Hollywood is so important. Mainstream news is so important. Um, the school system is so important because you're hammering home an, a, a narrative. You're hammering home a vision. You're putting a vision in front of people uh, to replicate. And that vision is either dystopian and demoralizing or it is, it is ideal and it's encouraging and it's something that we aspire to. And so that's what we're doing with with having a happy, you know, we have a holy war and we are happy men. You know, the moment you fold, everyone, you know, the moment a conservative leader apologizes and steps down, everyone else gets demoralized. Everyone else is like, oh, this dude just caved. What hope do we have? What hope do we who don't have institutional power, who don't have authority in a, in a high place, what hope do we have if he folded? You know, and that's where we get super angry at guys. But the moment you have a dude who's just an absolute machine and doesn't fold, doesn't resign and just as happy and carries on. It's like, yeah, I'm happy. I carry on, you know? So it's the same. It's the same through daily life. It's the same through social media. It's the same, you know, if you're, if you're involved in a local church or, or just in your local economy of going around being a happy, confident guy. And I'm not saying, you know, you have to be extroverted if you're an introverted guy, but be a man of good spirits, be a man of morale, be a man of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, Right. Don't cave to demoralization. Don't cave to frustration. Don't cave to outrage. You know, be the guy who is a solid rock of confidence or of, of, of positive vibes in your communities that you are part of. Show a positive vision with your life. You know, that's why it's so important to, to have little messages of like, we're going to make it because we are. You know, it's that whole thing of if you believe you're going to lose, you're going to lose. But if you believe that you're going to make it, then the other guys start doubting, you know? And so this is how, again, we hit back. This is one of our weapons 
is by us showing a wholesome life, by us showing a happy life, by us showing a positive vision to younger people, a positive vision to our, our brothers and our peers. You show a positive vision, you are, this is weapons grade demoralization for the clowns. They can't handle it. They, they are immensely unhappy in their personal lives. They're immensely dysfunctional in their relationships. They are immensely unhealthy psychologically, physically, you know? So for us just to just, you know, just Chad, um, absolute no folding, it destroys them. You know, they, they're a lot better at showing a, a, a production face. But that's it for us of like, just saying no, saying no to upset people, saying no to upset journalists, saying no to upset women. It's like, I'm a happy guy. I don't fold. And let's hit this thing of all male space there as well. You know, Dan, you, you, you said it there of, this is what sports clubs used to be. You know, it's really important for men to have spaces together, you know, whether that's um, sports clubs, you know, a little, a pub, uh, a little country club, a little uh, hunting club, a little fishing, whatever it is. You know, I was, I was thinking about it the other day. Bap says in his book, all great achievements were by two men who had a, a very close friendship. And he said, let's go do something dangerous. Let's go achieve some great thing. And that's all we really want is a ride or die brother who we can do dangerous things with, who's not going to throw us under the bus, who's not going to report us uh, to HR, who's not going to uh, embarrass us by betraying sensitive information, whatever it is. And so the clowns know this. And so they break every form of, of all male space by either breaking it up and, and literally breaking it up or by inserting uh, women or homosexuals because then the whole energy changes and people tattletale, people enforce political uh, correctness. And so it's like, okay, we, this is not a safe space anymore and everyone gets politically correct again. And so that's the power of all male spaces. And again, even if that's just two guys fishing, having a beer, having, uh, having honest open chat where you don't have to have your guards up, where you don't have to have political correctness. And it's this, this is where you win, right? Some guys are so, are so devoid of masculine friendship that they live in political correctness 24 seven at work, politically correct at home, politically correct at church, politically correct at the sports club, politically correct. They don't have any space in their life that is not under the surveillance of political correctness. And that is, that weighs you down. It demoralizes you and you, you, it's psychological warfare. You start to believe crap. I'm the only one who thinks the things I think because you don't have, you don't have the assurance of some other guy going like, Oh yeah, I think those things too. And you know what? Not only do I think them, I say them. And it's like, Whoa, you're free. Like there's freedom again. Like boom, the, the scales fall off. The, the shackles fall off. Political correctness is a paper wall. You can punch through that wall anytime you want. Now, punches are going to start coming back through the wall. And so now do you fold and apologize? Or do you be like, oh, this is great. And this is where fear of the Lord comes in. A lot of guys are like, the punch coming back through the wall at us is, well, now you lost your job. Well, now people won't, uh, your church uh, disowns you. And guys can't withstand this. You know, they can't. They don't understand that it's like, now you're free. 
now you're free. It's when you it's when you come to this place of like, all right, Jesus, I'm I'm the 400 men who gathered around David. I'm desolate. I'm rejected. I'm indebted. I'm demoralized. Be my captain now. And that's when things start getting. That's when you start having a, a holy war in your life of like, you start being led by the warlord who promises to provide, promote, and protect you. And like the craziest things in your life happen when you start becoming truthful, when you start becoming fearless of ego death, of men losing men's approval, of upsetting women, upsetting journalists. That's when we we start walking around like a king, you know, king energy. It's I don't hide. I don't hide my agenda. You know, you you look at at the way we play this frame game. So many guys are. Well, the news isn't bad. School isn't bad. University isn't bad. Hollywood isn't bad. And it's like, dude, their agenda is plain. Their agenda is God. God is dead. There is no God. Men are evil. White people are evil. Like that's their agenda. It's so plain to see. So a lot of guys are like, no, 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 deny, deny, deny. But then on the flip side of that, it's like, are we allowed to have an agenda? It's like my agenda is God is real and he rules creation with an established order and I'm going to live in his ways. That's my agenda. I'm going to live in the ways of God. I'm going to be a king on earth who takes dominion. That's my agenda. And so, so many guys, so many Christian guys are petrified of admitting they have an agenda. You know, so you come to a, an encounter, a power encounter with a, with a clown and you're like, well, guys, you know, just if we could all just compromise and find a, a working solution. And it's like, no, no, they hate me. I've got an agenda that they hate and they've got an agenda that I hate. This is a power encounter. This is who's going to fold first. And I'm not folding, you know, so I can get kicked out or you can leave. And it's like, I'm, I'm clear about my agenda. And so when you start living with an agenda, you become a warrior right? You become, that's why they call them social justice warriors. Like it's a pejorative, but they love it because for them, it's their holy war. They are social justice warriors. That's their thing. And it's like, for us, it's like, I'm a warrior of the Lord. You know, I'm a, I'm a king and my king who is king over me is a warrior king. And it's like, we're, we're going for institutional takeover. We're going for dominion. We're going for, uh, God's established order on sexuality and, um, on nature and hierarchy. It's like, this is exciting. This is a holy war. I'm happy. I've got meaning in my life. I've got, I've got absolute, I feel alive. You know, guys come to Africa and they're like, man, I feel alive for the first time in my life. And it's like, yeah, because you don't know if you're going to get hijacked or robbed every day when you leave your gate. Like when you're doing dangerous things and you have people that are coming against you, you feel alive. And so many guys were just living in modern commercial squalor well, I'm, I can't say anything because of my job. I can't say anything because of my church. I can't say anything because of social media or, or mainstream media. The journalists, they'll outrage. And it's like, yeah, enjoy that nihilism, buddy. Enjoy that despair. Enjoy that slavery and victimhood. You know, it. the American Civil War is not blood. The American Civil War is not boogaloo, hula shirts, shooting in the streets, murder. It's not. The American Civil War is men dying to themselves, dying to their ego, dying to their fear and saying, I'll fear the Lord only. That's the American Civil War. That's what the clowns freak out about. 
You know, you look at you look at DeSantis in Florida. You look at uh, at the Donald. You look at Tucker occasionally. You look at any guy who won't be cancelled, who won't apologize, who won't just resign. It's like it's that you know that's obviously in 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 their specific domains, but it's like guys who are crushing and enjoying their lives are because they're not lying, they're not hiding their lives, they're not they're not imprisoned in paper walls of political correctness. And I think it's this critical mass thing. You know, we need to get to a place of critical mass where it's like, yeah, I might get thrown under the bus. I might lose my job. I might get kicked out of my church. I might get a a hit piece written about me. Bring it on. Like the Lord is my promoter. The Lord is my protector. The Lord is my provider. I win because I don't fold because I'm, I'm joyful. I'm a happy warrior. I win. You know, that's, these Muslims in the desert, they think that if they blow themselves up, they get 77 virgins and get straight access ticket to, to heaven. And it's like, that's a good theology. <laughs> like, that's some good theology, brother. Inshallah. And it's like, it's the same for us. And again, metaphorically, culturally, if we detonate a cultural suicide bomb, if you want, you know, for want of a better analogy, of speaking the truth in our workplace, speaking the truth in our church, speaking the truth in our uh, social media, speaking the truth, you know, wherever we are being, just being a truthful man. It's like when that, that social rejection bomb goes off, you, you, you reach Valhalla brother. You know, the Lord is pleased. The Lord, the Lord is pleased for this little jihadi, you know, it's, it's a great frame. It's a great mindset to have. Yeah. Dane Bolsonaro, you know, Bolsonaro again, just an absolute Chad, like, man, you know, it's so easy to, and again, how dangerous are you, you know, cause the more people you piss off, everyone's like, well, like, what if they start coming to my house? You know, and that's a fear you have to get through. When I first started speaking truthfully on, on social media and writing blog posts and doing videos, like, I was like, well, what if they come assassinate me? What if they come kill me? You know, it's like, Come on, dude. This is not a life worth living. Fear of death. You know? Well, I'm just not going to say anything. And it's like, you look at a guy like Bolsonaro and it's like, dude's been stabbed. I think he's been shot at. It's like, based. You know, Teddy Roosevelt, shot in the chest. Eh, Carry on with my speech. You know, it's like, if you're going to be a great man, it's that Achilles meme. You know, it's that meme where the little kid's like, I don't know if I can do that. And Achilles is like, and that's why no one will know your name. And it's like, that's the glory of the Lord. Guys, it's like, I think a lot of Christians have been so memed into, it's a, it's a two-way meme. Number one, yes, we're not all going to be a celebrity Christian. That's great. So don't expect that. So be humble, work your, work your domain, be a man. But number two, we've been memed into be like, therefore, don't say anything controversial. Don't do anything that could get you killed. Don't do anything that could glorify Jesus Christ. Just be quiet and and it's like, no, no, no. Yes, I can I can be an ordinary man. Yes, I can be in the middle, backside of the desert, shepherding sheep, but I'm gonna kill some lions. I'm gonna go after a bear. Could it kill me? Yeah. But let's have some fun. Let's let's go do some sweet things. You know, and I think that's the adventure that Bronze Age Pervert talks about. He's like, you know, this whole thing of stop trying to save civilization and go go adventure. Go live your life, go have fun. Go, go seek danger, go seek exploration. And it's like, yeah, 
those are all great things. And it's like, I want to apply that. It's both and, you know, I want to apply that to my people in my place. Dane, Western leaders are such bitches now. Watch videos of Bolsonaro, Putin, Putin, absolute machine, hungry guy, not only chads, but ridiculously articulate, even in second or third languages. Yeah. And unsurprisingly, these are framed as the evil ones. Yeah. You know, you look at these guys and it's like, that's it. You know, they're such superior men. They're such superior men, you know, speaking two, three languages, you know, just philosophically, you know, machines, they understand philosophically their holy war. And then the sheer ability, the sheer scale of leadership to maintain a high position like that. Well, again, I don't, I think we've been memed. You know, a lot of guys like, oh, Putin was a spy lord and he murdered people and assassinated people and pulled strings. And now that's why, you know, and he has these people killed and, and that's why he's able to, to, you know, and, and you're like, you're thinking all these Jason Bourne movies and like, and James Bond and like, oh, you know, he's running the spy ring and, and I bet everyone just loves the guy because he loves Russia and he's unapologetic about it. And so like, I bet you there's like 20,000 special service troops who would give their lives, lives for the guy because they're just like, I love this guy. Same with Bolsonaro. Oh, Duterte. Duterte. Absolute machine. You know, it's like people love strength. People love boldness. People loved David, right? And it's like, I think we've been memed into being like, well, if you be a David, well, now you're going to have to watch out, watch your back every, and so we're like, okay, I don't want to do it. I don't want to watch my back every day. I don't want to have a spy network and, and have to only sleep four hours a night. And what if this guy betrays? It's like, no, no, no. People love strength. And again, it's like, God is my vindicator. And when you live that way, God's like, sweet, you're taking me at my word. I'll, I'll come through. I'll follow through. Dane, uh, he loves organic farming. Yeah, and it's that it's that whole thing, you know. It's once you start moving into God's natural order, his natural established order, everything else that he has naturally designed starts becoming relevant to you, starts becoming uh, obvious to you, starts aligning, you know. So you start getting healthier in your body, you start getting healthier in your relationships. You start getting healthier in your environment, food, soil, water, sunshine, weights, you know, masculine, feminine dynamics. It's like all of life starts coming into alignment when you just, when you enter somewhere, you enter into God's natural order somewhere, everything else starts syncing up. It's so true, man. Yeah. And, and that's it. You know, when you look at all these guys, they've been framed as the neo-Hitler, as the new bad fascistic evil man. It's like, no one cares. No one cares except the outraged journalists. And this is how they operate. And when you understand this is how they operate, majority of their articles, majority of their videos, majority of their sound bites are not true. Their allegations, their opinion pieces that are memed to be, this is reality. And it's like, no, some soy boy backroom staff thought about some what would piss off their enemy today and that's what they they ran with as a story and they just go hard at it they 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 ram their agenda hard and they don't stop they're very good at, at propaganda they're very good at demoralization game but you look at these strong leaders and it's like eh, no one likes journalists you know no one likes the media, no one likes Hollywood, no one likes academia, no one likes school. 
it's all fake and gay and we don't fold. And it's like, this guy's amazing. And people flock to him. You know, it's that, who's the, the, um, Assad, Bashir al-Assad, right? His people love him. People love him. You know, it was the same for, it was the same for Gaddafi. It was the same for, who was the Iraqi guy? I'm trying to think of Hussein. People loved it because they brought peace. They brought prosperity. They brought order. They brought God's natural order into everyday society. Whereas our clowns are just chaos, upside down world, inverted hierarchies, inverted order, anxiety, depression, nihilism, angst, resentment, murder, poverty. You know, it's like, yeah, you guys can eat yourselves. I'm going over here. Give me an order. Yeah, Hussein. Yeah, man. Flip and love it, you know. I don't know. Maybe we should start wearing military uniforms. All right, let me see what else I had on my, my notes here. Yeah, I, I really wanted to hit on this. Positive vision and testimony boosts morale. And what is positive vision? So many of us guys think like, who am I to share? Who am I to post pictures? Who am I to do videos? And it's like, dude, if you're, if you're heading in the direction of God, if you're heading in the direction of his established order, post the heck out of it. Show people a positive vision. Show people that there's one other man who hasn't bowed the knee to Baal. You know, and soon there'll be 7,000 of us posting sweet pics, posting ridiculous memes, posting sweet videos. Like, you know, even just like the, the simplest things that you enjoy, post it because it's a morale booster. You know, positive vision. We've got to give a positive vision because it, that's when it's like there's 7,000 other men who have not bowed the knee. And it's like, how do we see it? This, this social media thing is a, a beautiful tool of morale boosting because it allows you to block out all the clowns and focus on the 7,000 brothers who have not bowed the knee. It's, it's wonderful stuff. You can live an alternate reality from clown projected reality, which is real, earthy, family, love, peace, joy, glorious. Yeah. And there's a, there's a scripture that says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, for a lot of us, we're like, Oh, we have to go fight. We have to go have blood in the streets and on my hula shirt. And it's like, no, 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 say no. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the journalists and they'll free from, flee from you. You know, don't, don't outrage at their takes. Don't fold at their takes. Don't put yourself in their frames. Don't give obedience to their authorities. You know, they, they are literally the scum of the earth beneath us. You know, some guy tweeted the other day, he said Harvard is basically a billion dollar hedge fund with a crappy university attached to it. And I was like, that's great framing. We need to frame these guys and denigrate them and degrade them and demoralize them and, and kill their holy cows and ridicule and mock their priests. Like do it with joy. You know, it's so it's, it's energizing King energy. Yeah. And then, and then last thing there, all male space, get into all male spaces. You know, we have these, and again, we, we have this idea that it has to be 50 dudes swearing an oath, wearing black polo necks, uh, uh, meeting every Saturday. It's like, no, no, it's one dude who you can have a phone call with. It's one dude you can go fishing with. It's one dude, uh, you can go watch the game with. 
It's one family that you can go have a picnic with your family. It's, you know, it's simple little things. It's once you get into God's order, boom, synergy starts happening. Then momentum comes. Then God will, will suck you into his energy stream of his established order. So I just want to encourage you with that of, of start reaching out and being fearless with other guys. You know, at work, if you're, if you're working with, with some other guys, start slipping, start slipping the mask. You know, we've, we've got this PR PC mask at church, you know, just around a few other guys, start slipping the mask, just start being a little bit more truthful, a little bit more deep, a little bit more edgy or, or honest, a little bit more encouraging, a little bit more positive in your vision and just see what happens. You know, don't fold, don't fold, be confident, be joyful. It's awesome. Dane, mother loves the news. She'll back up an MSM post with more MSM posts. She doesn't get it. Yeah, and that's how they work. You know, they never, they never justify or explain. They put out their crap uh, frame. They put out their allegation, their opinion, some secret source that we can't verify said this, allegedly. They'll never, like they'll retract it on the back page at three in the morning. Or they'll, you know, like, like everyone just outrageous. Okay, next story, next story. Because all they want is the outrage. All they want is the fold. All they want is the the person to resign or the or you know just destroy their will to resist. You know, one guy is like, I'm not I'm not gonna move for an Indian drummer. I'm just gonna wear my MAGA hat and smile. And they try and ruin his life. And it's like, Dude, all you have to do is not apologize. And then the storm blows over, you file a lawsuit, you get $200 million and your life is great. You know, don't fold. And even if your life falls apart, even if you are, are absolutely trashed and the suicide vest of culture explodes, you lose your job, you lose your church, you lose your whatever. It's like, all right, Lord, that was my promotion. I have been promoted to Valhalla. What's next? Because it's like, you've just been, some of us get the opportunity to choose our life force, our life path. And then God sometimes pushes us into our life path. And it's like, all right, the mask has been, the mask has been pulled from me. I'm free now. And now I go hard at my new life direction. So God bless you brothers. Inshallah. The Lord wills it. Dio vindici. Deus volt. Just, uh, I'm just shouting random militaristic phrases. But have a lovely uh, weekend, boys. Going to throw some ribeyes on the braai and uh, drink a beer for the first time in seven months. I thought, you know, it's getting hot. White boy summer. Time for a beer. Love you, boys. Have a great weekend.